Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. This is Sirius XM Progress. I'm John Fugelsang. Welcome to the Night Spot on Channel 127. Thank you, Dean Obadala and Dean's Excellent Squad, for a quality live lead-in. We're coming at you for the next three hours. we got a great one tonight. we got a funny show tonight. We have Max Burns coming in. Talk about the GOP. And then in hour number two, TV's Frank from Mystery Science Theater. Frank Conniff will be joining us, taking your calls, answering your questions, saving your relationships, and giving you free tax advice. Chris Hauselt is our executive producer running this beast from South Carolina. We're very lucky to have Jake helping us tonight, getting this thing going. I'll be appearing with uh, Stephanie Rule on MSNBC on December 22nd for a year-end special. That, that'll that be in primetime. San Francisco's Sexy Liberal Show, our first show of 2024's tour, will be January 20th. Tickets are on sale right now. It will be the political party of the year, and it's our first time playing San Francisco in over five years. Be sure to go to sexyliberal.com. If you're anywhere in the Pacific Northwest and get your tickets, they make great holiday gifts. Stephanie Miller, Frangela, myself, Hal Sparks, and some uh, wonderful surprise guests. Happy Friday. Happy Hanukkah to everybody. Uh, And Buddhists around the world are celebrating Bodhi Day or Enlightenment Day. So go on. Uh, Today is also the birthday of Louis uh, the Stammerer, who is the son of Charles the Bald. He was crowned the king of the West Frankish kingdom at Compiègne on this date. That would be Louis the Stammerer, son of Charles the Bald, from the We Need a Better Name dynasty. And it was on this date, 1941, that Franklin Roosevelt declared December 7th to be a date which will live in infamy. That's right. We declared war on Japan. Today marks the 82nd anniversary of the last time the United States legally declared war. Please don't tell the 240-plus military conflicts we've been in since then. Our last legit one, 82 years ago today. And congratulations to the White House. 199,000 American jobs added in November. Uh, It's a real sign that this economy is going to be getting a soft landing from inflation, returning the Federal Reserve's 2% target without causing a steep recession. Today's Labor Department report also showed the unemployment rate dropped again from 3.9 to 3.7%. We had a five-decade low of 3.4% in April. Please don't forget, this year, under this president, the unemployment rate went to the lowest place it's been since the moon landing. Also, 
Vladimir Putin announced he will formally seek re-election in 2024. Best of luck to him. I hope he knows people. The CDC believes there are at least 3.3 million Americans suffering from chronic fatigue syndrome, far more than previously known. I'd love to get a diagnosis on that so I can stop calling myself lazy. Hunter Biden was indicted on nine tax charges in California today as a special counsel investigation into his business dealings intensifies. I think it's great. I think liberals should be thrilled about this. It's complete bullshit. Hunter Biden's never going to go to jail. If his last name wasn't Biden, they wouldn't be doing any of this. But liberals, Democrats, moderates, progressives, leftists, anti-evil folk, here's a great chance to prove you're not in a cult. Go ahead and say, yeah, I think it's great. Investigate Hunter Biden. Indict Hunter Biden. You know what? I'd say let's investigate the business dealings of all presidential children and ex-presidential children. What do you think about that? Whip that one out of the holidays. They might not invite you back, but they'll never forget you. Uh, so best of luck, Hunter. We'll talk about that with Frank Conniff later on in the show. He was on Moby's podcast, which is very rare for him to, to do an interview. And man, on Moby. But he accused Republicans of trying to kill him to hurt his father's presidency today. You know, I'm I'm writing a script about a parallel universe. I heard that's in where uh, in this parallel version of America, Republicans have so many plans and ideas to help non-millionaires, they never get around to mentioning Hunter Biden. And please don't forget, if the Republicans had any plans to improve the lives of non-billionaires, it's all they would talk about. And Ryan O'Neill has died at age 82 after a very long battle against chronic leukemia and prostate cancer. Also today, you might have heard the United States vetoed a U.N. Security Council resolution demanding an immediate humanitarian ceasefire in the Israel-Hamas war. It's okay if you have very mixed feelings about this. I do, too. The veto came after the Secretary General invoked Article 99, which allows him to bring resolutions directly to the Council. It was the United States that said no to a ceasefire. Most other nations either said yes or abstained. The United States vetoed the entire movement. Here is U.N. Secretary General Antonio Guterres invoking Article 99 of the U.N. Charter, fearing total collapse in war-ravaged Gaza. I wrote to the Security Council invoking Article 99 because we are at a breaking point. There is a high risk of the total collapse of the humanitarian support system in Gaza, which would have devastating consequences. We anticipate that it would result in a complete breakdown of public order and increased pressure for mass displacement into Egypt. I fear the consequences could be devastating for the security of the entire region. We have already seen the spillover in the occupied West Bank, Lebanon, Syria, Iraq and Yemen. There is clearly, in my view, a serious risk of aggravating existing threats to the maintenance of international peace and security. Now, look, let's just acknowledge it's early in the game and we don't know how this is going to look a year from now. But this would be a good time for Joe Biden to really remind us that he is playing 3D chess uh, with all these folks, because this is not going to adhere him or the United States to a lot of people who really want to see a ceasefire. And it's getting hotter and hotter out there and more and more people are demanding it. And we're seeing more and more Biden allies defect and say they don't care if Trump's reelected. They won't vote for him. I do want to point out the U.N. can demand to have a ceasefire and America can nix it and, and it can look bad. But 
please keep this in mind. That's all for show. Joe Biden himself has been working towards a ceasefire. He hasn't used that kind of language. He is using a lot of diplomacy with our ally Israel. It's very frustrating. But he's the one who got the humanitarian pause. They even worked out the language to not call it a ceasefire, but a humanitarian pause. He's been trying to preserve civilians' lives in the meantime. And, of course, they've gotten $100 million of relief into Gaza. Did the U.N. help with that pause we had last week? Anyone? Did the U.N. pull that off? No, this would only have been ceremonial no matter what. Trying to find a good argument here, because it does look bad. And can I just point out, does anybody else see the perverse irony in Russia demanding a ceasefire? Ooh, man. Uh, Three-judge panel in the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals has upheld but narrowed the gag orders on Donald Trump in his January 6th trial. So it's, it's not a broad gag order. Donald Trump thought that's what you call it when you pay the escort to make it a little rough, a broad gag order. This is just a narrower gag order. Federal appeals court has largely upheld the order. They concluded that Trump's rhetoric poses real-time, real-world consequences that threaten the integrity of his upcoming criminal trial over his attempts to subvert the 2020 presidential election. Again, there's seven trials next year. This is going to be the biggest trial in American history. Jack Smith's January 6th trial will be history's greatest case for spray tan's greatest face. And a three-judge panel of the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals today ruled that Trump's complaints about free speech and his candidacy don't mean much when juxtaposed with the imminent threats his lies have posed to witnesses. So from the Iowa caucuses on January 15th until we get to Super Tuesday, that's March 5th, 15 states will hold primaries. 1,151 delegates are going to be up for grabs this winter. Folks, we're going to hit Christmas. We're going to hit New Year's. We're going to come back. Two weeks later, it's Iowa, and it goes nonstop for less than two months. For the rest of March, there'll be more than 1,000 delegates in play across 10 more state primary elections. Now, again, to win the Republican nomination for the third time, Trump only needs 1,235 delegates. That's it. I mean, conceivably, if he wins everything, he could have all of that. By the 5th of March, most of these states have a winner-take-all system. That's what Trump's camp wanted. So the first-place candidate gets all the delegates. The runners-up get none. And, you know, you guys know all the polling shows that Republican voters don't care about Trump's indictments, and they don't care if Trump's convicted either. They don't mind. It's a cult, a cult of amoral, unmanly obedience. But independents? Independents do care. And you should look for 10, 15 percent of independent voters who have already said they won't vote for Trump if he gets convicted of a crime. Now, that might not sound like a lot, 10 to 15 percent of independent voters. But brothers and sisters, the 2024 election means it's all going to come down to seven states and it's going to be decided by just a few thousand votes. Donald Trump may very well be a convicted felon. By the time he gets the nomination next summer, again, 199,000 jobs in November, unemployment at a near historic low of 3.7 percent. The whole Democratic campaign messaging for 2024. It's very simple. You ready? You what it is? Uh, uh, not Trump. It's abortion rights. It's health care. It's democracy. That's it. That's it. It's not Biden. It's not Build Back Better. It's not student. No, abortion rights. Health care democracy. Those three things, Democrats and independents like me, then you don't have to worry about all the stupid right-wing stuff. That's going to be a winner. And again, all Biden has to do is show up, don't drool, 
and don't be Trump. Now, I want to briefly, before we get to your calls, talk about another anniversary today. Uh, 43 years ago, a mentally ill, white American male with a gun. How many times have you heard a sentence begin with that? It was 43 years ago that a mentally ill white American male with a gun shot John Lennon here on the Upper West Side of New York City with a 38 caliber handgun firing five shots. He hit uh, John in the back four times. Hours earlier, this same assassin had been hanging outside the Dakota where John and Yoko lived, and he'd asked John to autograph his copy of the album Double Fantasy. And John Lennon and Yoko were just coming back from what wound up being John's final recording session with Yoko when he was shot by this man. And every year on this anniversary, we always have to hear so much about that man, the assassin, the one who's had the media attention lavished on him over the decades, and he'll be up for parole for, I think, a 12th time next year. So before we get to holiday season, uh, I just want to make an odd but sincere request to my friends in the media, and I usually make it every year around this time. Can you guys stop saying the killer's name? Please, media people, please, journalists, stop saying the name of the man who killed John Lennon. I know you think it's part of your job, but this guy killed John Lennon because he wanted fame. To have his name next to John Lennon's and all the history books. And this means every time you repeat this guy's way too famous three named name, you are rewarding the murderer. And this murderer is currently serving a sentence of 20 years to life at New York State's Wendy Correctional Facility. And he's probably never going to get parole, but he lives to give interviews to the media. This guy went on Larry King just to talk about himself. He's now 68 years old. He is now 28 years older than John Lennon got to be. I don't wish harm on this man. I don't wish suffering on this man. But he deserves to be forgotten completely deliberately, and to have his very famous three-named name lost to obscurity. Now, I know that's a lot to ask, right? I mean, why would you forget the name of a murderer who killed a famous, iconic artist? I mean, most people who kill famous people aren't forgotten. Most presidential assassins aren't easily forgotten, except for that guy who shot McKinley and has an impossible name to pronounce, Leon Zhuzhulgog. I've never, I've never been able to say it. But even even that guy, Leon Zhulgog, didn't kill President McKinley for the notoriety and fame. And again, you, you can still talk about the guy who killed John Lennon. Just please stop saying your name. I learned this when I was really young uh, and I, I was reading like Beatle fan magazine and the fundamentalist Beatle fans. It is a religion, by the way. They have four messiahs. Trust me. But fundamentalist Beatle fans haven't said this guy's name for decades. They, they call him the assassin. They call him John's killer. The fundamentalist Beatle fans know enough to deny this guy the eminence he wished for, the eminence he murdered, a guy we all loved for. And if that's not enough, just consider this. If I haven't been persuasive enough to make you stop saying the name of this guy, please consider we're a nation of fame junkies. I mean, the era of reality TV has shown that people will do anything to be celebrities. People will do anything to be famous. They will, they will have sex tapes with Ray J to be famous. People will go on a reality show and pretend they respect Donald Trump to be famous. Every time you say the killer's name, you are sending a message to aspiring lunatics that you can be famous. You, too, can be famous forever if you kill the right person. Fame is a dirty business. 
Abraham Lincoln was killed by one of the most famous actors in America. Think about that. I mean, people who knew theater knew John Wilkes Booth. It would be like if Tom Cruise killed a president today. And after the murder of Lincoln, you know, thousands of Americans had John Wilkes Booth's autograph and they burned they burned their John Wilkes Booth autographs in disgust. John Wilkes Booth's own friends burned most of his letters they had received because they were so afraid of being tied to him. Now, I say this to show you how perverse our fame system is in this country. The consequence of this, and it's pretty twisted, is that as of today, because people burn their autographs and burn their letters, <laughs> we are so fame obsessed that because of this, a John Wilkes Booth autograph is so rare, it's worth more than 10 times what an Abraham Lincoln autograph is worth. But most of us wouldn't want to own a John Wilkes Booth autograph because most of us don't wish to honor murderers. So go ahead and talk about John Lennon's killer all you want. Say, say his name, media. I mean, I mean, talk about the guy, but just don't say his name. Uh, Paul McCartney calls him the jerk of all jerks. I, I recommend something a bit more uh, pointed. I, 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 that douchebag. Try that one. If we could turn on the news and just hear that douchebag who killed John Lennon was denied parole again this week, I think we could be a proud and happy nation. And if you're feeling compassion for him, I respect that. Please feel free to say that lost, confused, disturbed, emotionally tormented douchebag who liked Catcher in the Rye way too much. Just don't say his name. I know it's asking a lot, but... If people besides the hardcore Beatle fans start thinking this way, it could make a small but meaningful difference. You may say I'm a dreamer to want this killer to fade into oblivion, but I'm not the only one. Look, December 8th should never have been the day we mourn John Lennon's death. Let's be real, people. December 8th should rightly be the day we all mourn Ann Coulter's birth. We want to know what you guys think. We're at 866-997-4748. 866-997-GRIT. Let me go to Mitch from Kent State before the break really quick. Mitch, welcome. It's good to hear from you. You're on SiriusXM. I figured you would call about John Lennon today. Well, well yeah, John, it's, you know, it never left my mind, and it's still there like it was yesterday. Um, I don't know. Just, uh, every year we go through the same thing, and I just, uh, you know, it just I'm not, I don't want to repeat myself, but, you know, we all know what he meant to us, and... Uh, you know, the songs live forever, and uh, thanks to Paul McCartney and, and his friends that uh, you know, keep it uh, keep it keeping on. So, uh, right peace, on. John Lennon. Uh, John, yeah. uh, if I may, um, uh, David Brooks and uh, Jonathan Cabart had a little tete uh, tete today on uh, PBS. Anyway, uh, the, the host mentioned Trump's uh, quip about uh, the first day being the only day as as far as his uh, uh, being a dictator. Uh, exactly. Yes. And, David Brooks kind of said uh, he thinks it's a joke. He thought it was just a just a one-liner from from Trump, which you know, it's, in a way, I kind of agree. In a way, I don't. But John the K part says no, 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 no. He the man is serious, and he means more than day one day anyway. I mean, look, we know uh, he's not serious. We know he means whatever he says in the exact second that he says it, and we know right. that when he's president, he's going to try to get away with as much as he possibly can. So you know, it, what he says doesn't matter. He doesn't mean anything. 
that's why you know it, that's why I have a hard time grappling with. Is he a liar or isn't he? You know, uh, yeah, yes. he's a yes, bold, he's a liar. badass liar about everything, almost everything. But when do you take him for his word about things? That's that's what's so confusing. That's the but blur. it's a cult, Mitch. That's why it's a yeah. cult. All the guy's done is yeah. lie. I could I could sit here and show you thirty thousand lies he told as the presidency. Right. Uh, people don't care. They don't mind the racism. They don't mind that he's a rapist. They don't mind that he yeah. stole from veterans. They don't care. It right. is a cult. It is a cult of obedience and deeply unmanly obedience. Right. So you can lie and speak the truth to your followers at the same time, more or less. I mean, uh, talking about both sides of your mouth, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Of course. Yeah. And, I mean, that's the yeah. genius of what Donald Trump does. You can tell how he's gotten away with lying to women his whole life. He throws in right. just enough truth. He'll throw in just enough truth to actually get your attention. He did this on the campaign trail. He would come out and talk about single-payer health care. He was just right. like, I mean, the Third Reich did this. You know, they would throw out a lot of red meat for the left wing and a lot of red meat for the right wing to get power. Trump did the same thing. He'd be on stage on the debates talking about building a wall and all the stupid banned Muslims from coming to the country. But he would also be talking about single-payer health care and how politicians are bought and paid for, and it's all a system of bribery. And, you know, he knew enough to tell enough truths that it would make it entertaining. And, you know, again, you throw in a little bit of truth to make the rest of the bullshit more palatable. That's his whole rap. Exactly. And, you know, Bill, Bill Burr, the comedian Bill Burr, was on uh, Kimmel the other night. He came up with a good analogy. He said Trump is um, uh, the, the twist, uh, uh, Chubby Checker, okay? Chubby Checker had a one, he was, was a one-hit wonder, right, more or less, yeah. with the twist, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, everyone fell in love with it, you know, and, uh, you know, it was all the rage for how many years. It kind of fades for a while. Well, Trump is now the let's twist again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Except let's twist again. You could dance to it. Was a great song. It was actually a, right. a, the rarest thing. It was a great musical sequel. Uh, Donald Trump will never be president again, Mitch. He will yeah, never I, be president again. We can only hope. I appreciate it, John. It's and, okay. Uh, everyone and should be. Trump. Everyone needs to be scared anyway. Let's be scared for a year, but he's not going to be president again. <laughs> I got to run, you, man. John. Thank you so Imagine. much. Have a great evening. We'll be right back with the great Max Burns and your calls. This is Progress After Dark. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hey everybody, it's Michael Steele, host of the Michael Steele Podcast. Each week, I discuss key political and cultural issues joined by America's leading activists, experts, and academics for conversations that transcend political boundaries. And that's the point. I want you to join me as we work through real solutions, have honest conversations, just keeping it real, and having a little fun on the side. So listen to the Michael Steele Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, 
Spreaker, or wherever you get your podcasts on. Because you know I love it when you do. This is SiriusXM Progress. I'm John Fugelsang. Uh, TV's Frank, Frank Conniff, joins us in the next hour, star of Mystery Science Theater 3000. Okay, Donald Trump posted on his uh, website, Filth Social. I'm sure you already saw it yourself on your own account. But earlier today, sloppy Chris Christie is not fit to run for president. He is suffering from Trump derangement syndrome. According to all, he came in last in the debate. And I came in first, as I have in all debates, without even being there. MAGA. MAGA is in all caps, so you can hear him in the back row. Uh, clearly, Donald Trump does not like what Chris Christie's doing. And what Chris Christie's doing is telling the truth about Donald Trump three elections too late. But it was a crazy debate and really a crazy week. And that's why I am always so glad to welcome the great Max Burns back to our show. Uh, a terrific writer who I've admired his work in Newsweek. But this is from Peace in the Hill that uh, you should read. The debate exposed the fractured soul of the GOP. And in typical brilliant Max Burns style, he extrapolates one pathetic, pointless debate and shows you the entire brokenness of a once functional political party. Mr. Burns, welcome back to SiriusXM. Hey, thanks so much for having me. An excellent music choice. In my mind, I think the Beatles' best album. We can debate it, but just fantastic. Wow. That's my son's favorite Beatles album. I'm more of a revolver guy, but uh, yeah, I, I, today's 43 also years. Also great. We lost John, so we're, we're playing a lot of yeah. that in uh, both Beatles and Solo tonight. I watched as much of the debate as I could this week, and it, it it's just kind of hilarious watching all these people who are mostly about 40 to 50 points behind Donald Trump fighting so hard, because as you know, Max, only one can be a deeply distant second. What what were your immediate takeaways from Slugfest? Well, I'll tell you, I normally do not like these debates. I don't think they have much value. But this News Nation debate, I actually did like, not because there was any sort of serious policy discussion, but because we actually got the chance to see the Republican candidates sort of slip off the mask and be the character that they really are. We saw Vivek Ramaswamy become incredibly misogynistic and nasty. We saw Ron DeSantis mistakenly quote, mistakenly, oh. unintentionally quote word for word, Nick Fuentes's great replacement white supremacy nonsense. And then we saw Chris Christie and Nikki Haley kind of linking arms in defense of this dying establishment Republican core yeah. against this rising MAGA movement. And this is going to be the fight that happens once Donald Trump is off the political stage, whenever that is. And, and we saw at that debate that it's going to be brutal and it's likely going to be irreconcilable. Yeah, it's going to be the MAGAs versus the grownups. And I mean, we've seen this war going on for most of the 21st century. This was the Tea Party versus the establishment. But Donald Trump exacerbated this thing so much so. I, I, I like to say that, you know, the right wing and Fox News were like a Dr. Frankenstein creating this monster of a low information voting base over two decades. And under Donald Trump, I always say Frankenstein's monster just went ahead and found a mad scientist it liked better than Frankenstein. And since then, they haven't been able to control the beast they made. And I think you're exactly right. What we saw on stage of this debate was a preview of how this party will be at war with itself once Trump has finally shuffled off to Buffalo. Yeah. And the reality is the MAGA wing has decisively won already in most cases. I mean, we think about Trumpism and the MAGA movement, and it is sort of 
irreplaced. Trump is irreplaceable in it. But there will be a time when he's gone and this movement will remain past him. And we're seeing what that looks like. And it's a much more polished, much more moderated version of the MAGA movement that sugarcoats the extremism in a way that Trump never could because he's so easy to incite. I mean, we see Mike Johnson, the Speaker of the House, uh, an avowed Christian dominionist who's worked with many Christian nationalist organizations who believes deeply in the MAGA ideology, but manages to sell it with a smile and an aw shucks attitude and has yeah. been fairly effective in selling Republicans on that being the way to go forward. So this fight can be delayed maybe in election cycle, but it's only going to get worse from here. And the Republicans will start to resemble those MAGA Republicans less and less as time goes on. Yeah, I mean, Republicans are just an endangered species. I thought that watching Chris Christie kind of run interference for Nikki Haley. I mean, they seem like the grownups in the room, no doubt. But you write in The Hill, the old guard GOP represented by Haley and Christie and the new radicalized party represented by DeSantis and Ramaswamy are fundamentally incompatible in theory and practice. In Haley and Christie's vision, the Republican Party's role is to pump the brakes on democratic change. But DeSantis and Ramaswamy's twisted version dispenses with democracy entirely in favor of outright MAGA dominance. Max, you don't think they're going to be able to find their common ground? I mean, they all think that millionaires have it rough and women who get abortion should go to jail. It seems like their commonalities still outweigh their differences. It just seems like it's a cult of selfishness, both in terms of the ideology and the individual players. Yeah, the question is for how long that's the case, because there are still some things that bind them together, absolutely. But more and more, we're starting to see that the MAGA movement is not so much negotiating its values as it's dictating what the Republican Party's values are. And if you don't align with them, you're out. You're Mitt Romney, you're Liz Cheney, you're Kevin McCarthy hitting the bricks and finding your lucrative life as a lobbyist, but you're not going to be in public life influencing the Republican Party. And we saw that. I mean, and even within that establishment, it's fractured. It's fractured. We saw Chris Christie in New Hampshire asked if he would get out of the race and support Nikki Haley. And he said no, that she also has been far too soft on Trump, which is true. Yeah. She's been yeah. afraid to criticize him. Absolutely true. And right now, there is just no organized resistance to this MAGA movement, and it's behaving like a party that's won. So what is the resi is the resistance just independent voters? Because these guys don't learn, Mr. Burns. They didn't learn it in 2018. They didn't learn it in 2020. And they did not learn it in 2022. This nonstop blame everything on Hunter Biden and critical race theory and beat the crap out of transgender children. It really helps you in Republican primaries, but it doesn't help you with the average Americans who are concerned about health care and education and, and uh, gas prices. Yeah, that's where Republicans need to win. And it's where they're losing in droves. Independent voters have seen a slew of attacks on reproductive rights. They've seen the government essentially brought to its knees with this fight between the MAGAs and the establishment in the House. And now we're seeing Donald Trump openly saying that he's going to as one of his first acts, try to repeal Obamacare again. And you would think Republicans Insanely would have learned unpopular. by now. Insanely unpopular. I mean, he's still, I don't understand it. When Trump does stuff like this, it convinces me that he really is dumb. Because saying I'm going to get rid of Obamacare is only going to appeal to people who are already in Donald Trump's pocket, 
right? I mean, last month, Max, he was coming out talking about how the GOP is being unwise on abortion and how these six-week bans are bad for the party in national elections. And I thought, oh, my God, Trump is making sense again. Now, it's just it's more red meat for a slab of voters that are already blindly obedient to him. I mean, he's literally just playing to the crowd for applause with this stuff at this point. Yeah. And it's exhausting the Republican Party's resources, because when Donald Trump goes out and says, I hate Obamacare, let's get rid of it. And nothing is better than Obamacare. Then you have Republicans in Washington rushing to say, no, guys, we don't want to get rid of Obamacare. Don't listen to our party leader. He doesn't know what he's talking about. So the symbol, the, the image here is just of total chaos. And the reason so many Republicans are running from this isn't because they disagree. They definitely want to get rid of Obamacare. But it's because a Kaiser Family Foundation poll found that over a third of Republicans support Mm. keeping Obamacare and that they would vote against Republicans if Republicans tried to repeal it. So the smarter Republicans realize this is poison. The problem is nobody's listening to those guys anymore. Mm, exactly right. I Listen, I, I say all the time, I'm fine getting rid of Obamacare, except there is no GOP alternative because Obamacare was the GOP plan. Liberals wanted single payer. Democrats wanted a public option. Barack Obama gave us the Mitt Romney system. So it's like, show me a system better than Obamacare that covers more Americans for lower cost, and I'll be all over it. I mean, no one's loyal to Obamacare. We're loyal to the best system. They still can't put up a better healthcare option, Max. They're still just campaigning on hatred for the black guy. Yeah, Donald Trump will have that healthcare plan for you in just about two weeks, I've been told. So just hang on for that. It's coming. Uh, but e- even and the then fact infrastructure, that- folks, wait till you see our infrastructure plan. We're rolling it out. And the, it, it does show you that this is so myopic in Donald Trump's approach. It's so much about those petty vengeances. He's deciding to make the 2024 race, which is closer than it should be right now, about the Republican war on abortion, the Republican war on health care, and Republican war on trans kids. I mean, the three things that poll after poll after poll have shown will make people not want to vote for Republicans. In a way, Joe Biden is ridiculously lucky with this. Oh, insanely lucky. But let me ask you, um, Nikki Haley, the media culture and the Republican money culture have decided that she is the most electable non-Trump person. And they're pouring it all behind her. And fortunately, she has Vivek Ramaswamy on stage to make her look very decisive and presidential. Is this going to last, Max? I, I, I mean, if Trump jumped out, I don't know that Ambassador Haley would get the nomination. I think you see a lot of other Republicans suddenly jumping in at the last minute. Uh, can can this Nikki Haley honeymoon really go anywhere? Or do you think if it's not Trump, a lot of these right wing voters are just going to stay home? Well, I do think a lot of MAGA voters, if it's not Trump, will will say the system is rigged. This proves it. Donald Trump was supposed to be the nominee and he's not. And we're not going to vote. That's absolutely right. And not something a lot of people talk about. But she is definitely the Ron DeSantis of the moment. This new best establishment opportunity to defeat Donald Trump. And there's a lot of Koch brothers money behind her now. There's a lot of 
K Street lobbyist money behind her now. But the problem in the Republican Party now is that there's an equal amount of money on the MAGA side. There's equally rich MAGA billionaires funding people like Ron DeSantis and Vivek Ramaswamy and Donald Trump. So that money isn't as decisive as it would have been in, say, 2012 when the establishment was running the show. At best, it keeps her in the race. But she's still... 51 points behind the guy. And and even though she's gaining, not nearly quick enough to make a difference. So it, it remains to be seen if any of this matters at all. And I still believe it just doesn't. Max, we know for a fact that the people who donate to Donald Trump uh, have their donor dollars actually going to pay defense lawyers. Donald Trump's Super Save America PAC is paying for a lot of lawyers for his crimes. Uh, I guess my question here is how much is this hurting RNC fundraising? We're hearing that like states like Michigan, the Republican Party's almost bankrupt in certain states. The fact that Donald Trump does all these appearances and has the Republican apparatus propping him up, but only fundraises for his Save America PAC and never for the party at large. I mean, it does seem like Donald Trump is a financial parasite on this party and the party is going along with it. He is incredibly costly, but you have to admit, it is a great grift to commit a bunch of crimes and somehow convince a national political party to just foot your legal bills. I mean, that's probably the only good deal he's ever struck, but it's been devastating for the RNC. I mean, they started this cycle fairly well off and now have just under $12 million. I mean, they have spent massive amounts of money, not just on Trump, but on this primary that is by everyone's account, a waste of time. The polls have not moved in a reasonable way the entire race. Uh, One reason you're seeing the RNC pull the plug on future debates is they just don't have the resources to do that. And then also defend Trump and also defend all of these at-risk Republicans in swing states in the House. I mean, there's just not enough money to go around. And you start to see that panic. They've sent out, I think, more fundraising messages in one month than they did in the entire year last year. So that should tell you about where their money's at. You write in The Hill, the future of the MAGA Republican Party will look a lot more like Johnson and DeSantis than it will the badgering and bullying Ramaswamy. It'll be Trumpism at political maturity, with leaders capable of sugarcoating its most indefensible excesses in a way the impulsive and easily bruised Trump never could. I agree with you, Max, but I think the root of their troubles will be it will be these these more mature MAGAs like DeSantis and Johnson. But we know those guys can't get elected without the people who are more like Vivek Ramaswamy. And I, I just wanted to ask what you make of this Project 2025 we're hearing a lot, because I'm starting to wonder who's paying for Vivek Ramaswamy to go on stage and pretty much lay out all the talking points from Donald Trump's recruitment effort of Project 2025. Well, that is an excellent point and something that I I think is uh, something I'm writing about extensively coming up here. Project 2025 is one of the most concerning things I've ever seen in politics. And it's essentially the MAGA ideology with a structure to it. All that structure that Trump lacked when he went into office in 2016, 2017, is now there. This is a massive, well-documented, very public operation to start vetting loyalists now for federal positions. Uh, Trump has already listed some. He wants Stephen Miller in his cabinet. He wants <laughs> so Steve do Bannon I. Back. So do I, by the way. Yes, I want to see that, please. 
He wants Attorney General Ron DeSantis. I've I've heard Stephen Miller was saying, uh, and this is really an operation to funnel money and people into what is a giant loyalty test machine. And anyone who does not get the stamp of that machine will not have a role in Republican politics in the future. And that's not just for people in the White House. You can assume, given the names involved in this project, that one of them will become the RNC chair and they will implement yes. this loyalty test party wide. And that is clearly the goal. They have not they've taken this as a great point of pride. They're not trying to hide it. They'll tell you all about it. But they can get around that, can't they? I mean, they, they tried to have a party loyalty test in 2016 and making every candidate commit to supporting whoever the eventual nominee is. You know, Trump gave yeah. him a finger and they said, OK. So, I mean, it does seem like a, like these these party loyalty tests are hard to enforce, even for Republicans. You need the power. And that's where it is. This is all essentially one advance operation to remind you who has the power in the Republican Party. It's the guy who built this gigantic project that now has a 750 page guidebook you can go read and outlines exactly how they intend to either overrun democracy or just end run around it through executive actions and things that are quite blatantly unconstitutional. They're banking on the fact that by the time they do that, they'll have so many loyalists in office that they'll be fairly insulated from consequences. And mm. the scary thing is that has often worked. So the million dollar question, Mr. Burns, will the Republican Party be nominating a convicted felon to be their nominee next year? If the people who want to vote today go vote when it's their time to vote, it will be Donald Trump without a question. <laughs> Let's get some popcorn. Max, it's a pleasure having you join us, especially before the weekend. Thank you for your time. What is the best way for our audience to follow you and keep up with all your work, sir? You can follow me on Substack. It's maxburns.substack.com and also on Twitter at the Max Burns. You are the best, sir. Thank you so much for joining us. We are going to take a very quick break. We'll be back in just a moment with your calls at 866-997-4748. This is Progress After Dark. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm John saying This is SiriusXM Progress. We're at 866-997-GRIT. Let's go to the phones, because some of y'all have been on hold for a very long time. Kathleen from Kansas, thank you so much for your patience. You're on SiriusXM. Hi, good evening. Thank you for Hello. taking my call. Hi. What I am seeing is that incrementally, all the turn of all the ages is pushing humanity into reaching its potential. And at you think? this point in time, 
I do. I hope so. I hope so. And be- well, because if you look at it, nothing's really changed. The the current churn is the same. Power, the lust for power, the insistence on wealth, the greed of just the greed that's going on. Yeah. But as I see it, incrementally, we are making those changes. We are at the inflection point, though, I hope for so. humans to make a decision on whether democracy is an opportunity of humans reaching their potential or whether we are going to stay in the same churn and continue to destroy ourselves. That is the million-dollar question. I mean, I've come to believe that in both. I think that everything is getting worse and everything is getting better at the same time. I mean, there's everything you want to show me that shows that humanity is getting worse in this society. I'll agree with it, but I'll show you five areas where we're also getting better. If you had told me when I was a kid that by this 2023 you'd have marriage equality for gay people and you'd, you'd, you'd have a black president and a, a biracial woman vice president, that you'd have this old man in the White House who was trying to decriminalize cannabis on the federal level. I mean, it's like so much reform has happened in just the last couple of decades that, you know, I'm full of hope for this species. I always am. Mm-hmm. Well, I've got a number of years on you. I'm going to be 70 in a couple of weeks which means I've been gathering data for almost seven decades. Wow. And from the perch that I am sitting on is when you start sifting through all of that data and looking at trends, looking at uh, patterns, looking at the things that led you to make the decisions that you made as an individual. So that's where I'm coming from. And, And from this perch, I start thinking about the origins of where of how we got to where we are and that we have not addressed them yet. In and which way? In, in, in which country, way, please? Go ahead. Okay. The origins of this country is based on imported violence from Europe that has not yes. been addressed yet. Yeah. And because we have not addressed that yet, we have morphed that into where we are today. Yeah. Uh, technology changes and all that. But unless we are brutally honest, both individually with ourselves as individuals and as a country, we will not progress. But that's where I'm saying people like Joe Biden, Barack Obama, you, Stephanie Miller, go down her list of guests and all that are giving voice to those things that may just be that kernel of truth that comes into a person and moves them forward because we can no longer afford as a species not to go step forward you know earth does not need human beings to live we need human beings to live and unless kathleen i love this okay but we're hitting a break can i say one more yep 10 seconds 10 seconds really quick 10 seconds All right. Step into your potential, gird up your loins, and march into what you were meant to be. Kathleen, I love this call. Thank you so much for classing up our show. We'll be right back with more of your calls on Progress with Frank Conniff. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. 
Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. I'm John Fugel saying this is progress. We're going to be joined in a few minutes by the great Frank Conniff. Let's go to the phones really quickly. Uh, Marsha from Cape Cod, thank you for your patience on hold. You're on SiriusXM. Hi, we're just sitting in our car here on Cape Cod and listening. Oh. And that you're going to rub it in for the rest of us? You're going to, you're going to rub it into the rest of us that you're driving around Cape Cod on a beautiful <laughs> yeah. Friday evening? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that was a great interview with Max, although... You know, we're just speechless anymore hearing everything and anything about MAGAs and Trump and, oh, my God, what are we going to do? I mean, I'm so scared that I can't even put money into fixing our house because I'm trying to save it in case we have to leave the country when he gets in. I mean, you're not going to have to leave the country, my dear. Don't I don't think you're going to have to leave the country because we feel like, oh, my God. Nobody's really doing anything about this guy. It's going to be a long, ugly year. There's a lot of people doing a lot about this guy. There's a lot of people organizing on the ground in every state and all swing states. Yes, Democratic Party people are organizing. Voters are organizing. More importantly, you've got judges and prosecutors that are organizing as well. Donald Trump will be a convicted felon by the time he gets the nomination next year, if it gets to that point. Don't leave the country yet. We need you here. Listen, it's going to be ugly. It's going to be scary. We have one year to freak out and get motivated. My God, I know. Well, I, I, I know that lady that called uh, the last your last caller. She was very positive, but we don't feel quite as positive as that. But I, I really know. hope. But you right. got to remember one thing, Marcia. One thing: there are more of us, and when we show up to vote. Democrats get elected. When there's low turnout, Republicans get elected. And that's how it's always been my entire life. Yeah, but they cheat so much. You know that. Yeah, they cheat so much. They cheated. They cheat so much. They cheat so much. They wouldn't let Barack Obama appoint his Supreme Court nominee. And they were able to get rid of Roe v. Wade. And because they got rid of Roe v. Wade, they're not going to win a national election again for a very long time. I, I hope you're right. I do. Well, let me ask you one question, Marcia. Are the women you know, are they okay with, with them getting rid, of, uh, getting rid of Roe v. Wade? Has that worn off now and the outrage isn't no. there anymore? No. no. no so not. what are we talking about here? People are going to show up to vote. Women, young people, men who get it. It's, it's, Donald Trump is going to appeal to people that. who already like Donald Trump. 
I, I hope so. But the real reason, not the real reason, but another reason I called is because about a year ago or so, I called and I told you I had a book I was going to send you regarding John Lennon. Yes. And I did, you told me to go to your um, Facebook site and ask for an address, and I did send it to you, and I wondered if you ever got it. Uh, I think so. What was the book? It's called A Real Life Fairy Tale. Yes, large, yes, I, 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 I did. This was last year, but I do have it. I have it right upstairs in, uh, in, in, in my bedroom, actually. Yes, that, that, thank you very much. No way. I, yes. No way. Yes. Oh, so, what did you think of it? I, it was a year ago, but I liked it. I'm gonna, it was very personal. I'm going to have to review it again, and you call me back and we can talk about it. But it's been about 12 months since I got it, so uh, I promise oh, you I will review yeah. it again. I know exactly where it is upstairs in my room. So please do. Please thank do. you. Thank you for thinking of me. I appreciate it. I will see you soon, and I thank you very much for calling. Enjoy enjoy the cape. I'm deeply, seethingly jealous of you. From P-Town to Sandwich, from Wellfleet to Barnstable. <laughs> from Truro Fru- from Fru- to Orleans. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, really quick, let me go to Joanne from Maryland. Uh, Joanne, welcome. You're on SiriusXM. Do we um, Joanne? I just wanted Hi. to say that... Um, Hi, that this week Hi. on um, Al Franken's podcast, yeah. um, he challenged listeners to make the New Year's resolution to commit to doing one thing to stop Donald Trump from being president again. Yes, he did. And yeah, I think that it shouldn't include voting or donating money. I think people should take a further step like helping their neighbor register to vote or, um, you know, because of you and your channels, um, you know, I've gotten a lot of hope and energy and um, solace. And um, I volunteered with the Board of Elections up here in my county in Maryland. And um, it's not glamorous, I know, and I don't want praise and they don't pay like a whole lot. But um, I've decided to come out of my introvert, introvert head uh, to help keep the polls open for voters in my country and um, in my county. And I just want your listeners to maybe feel powerless or frustrated or feel like they can't really do anything to know that there are other things that they can do. Yes. Absolutely. And, you know, I think everyone, so many people do feel powerless, but you, you, you said something that it's not very glamorous. And of course it's not. It's, it's public service. You're volunteering. You're giving up your time because you care about the community that produced you. It doesn't have to be glamorous at all. It's, it's much more important than that. You're doing the Lord's work and you're fighting for people that you will never meet because that's what liberals do. We get out there and we don't fight for our team. We don't fight for our family, for our community, for our, we, we, we fight for that, but we also fight for people we will never know. So by all means, if we you do. want to do more, that, like Senator Franken says, volunteer to drive people to the polling places on elections, or even better, you know, if you don't live in a swing state, volunteer to work phone banks for a swing state, because this whole presidential election will be decided by seven states next year. So there's so much everyone can do. And I really do think that Donald Trump's going to make a lot of noise and people are going to be very motivated to vote against him. Uh, Some will be motivated to vote for Joe Biden and God bless them, but they'll be even more motivated to vote against Donald Trump. It's going to be quite a year. I really hope so. And um, if I could add just one more plug for volunteering. Um, Also, you know, for young people who like to text a lot, you can also volunteer to text messages. um, Yeah, to remind people to vote and and get out there. And then um, 
I also volunteered with Field Team Six, and I don't know if you've ever had anyone off of that Seal Team program. Six. Um, no, Field Team Six. She said, "I heard what she said." Uh, for God's yeah. sakes. Yeah, Field yeah. Field Team Six. You can sign up to write postcards. Um, you can um, sign up to um, copy their messages onto your social media so that they get amplified. Um, they make it really, really easy for you. And they've got like current topics. You know, they've got the catchphrase that you need just to um, maybe even use at the Christmas dinner table or something <laughs> to your crazy relatives. But um, yeah, like, you know, we're, we're not, if nobody's, if people aren't free, then nobody's free. You know, we, this handmaid's tale of the abortion thing uh, mm-hmm. With a woman having to ask permission to get an abortion, it's just unthinkable. It's incredible and having, the, having to get a lawyer, having to get a lawyer to ask a judge for permission for doctors to give her the abortion. Doctors tell her she needs to survive and have a healthy life. I mean, Democrats are going to run on all of this. And uh, there's going to be a year's worth of horrible stories between now and then next year. And p- the American people don't deserve this. They want better. They want to have the same rights we used to have. It's going to affect every state. Democrats are right now trying to get uh, uh, an abortion rights measure on the ballot for Montana because they are so convinced it would help John Tester, the Democratic senator from Montana, because that's how powerful this issue is, even in deep red states. I I, I refuse wow. to be down about the next year. I don't care how old Joe Biden is. The media is putting us through the same horse race they put us through with Obama's second term. 2011 was such a scary time of the media telling us nonstop that Obama was done. And then we saw it was going to be against Mitt Romney. And I stopped being worried. And I feel the same way. And I know Trump's won before, but he's never won. He's lost the popular vote twice. And I think we're going to see him lose the popular vote an historic third time. And I want to be there for it. Yeah. And um, what do you think about um, Republicans who don't like Trump but don't like Biden? Do you think that'll help Democrats win because they might just stay home? It'll help. Yeah. I mean, well, no, I think the Republicans who like Trump, uh, but will stay home if Trump's not the nominee would help more. But, you know, I, I don't know. Republicans who who if they vote for Biden in a swing state, it makes a difference. That That's it. If you're in a swing state and you're a Republican and you don't like Trump, please consider voting for Joe Biden because he represents the closest thing you'll get to a return to the kind of, you know, Republican Party that is wrong about everything. But at least it's not overrun with insane Nazis like what we have now. <laughs> Sing it, sister. Right on. Thank you so much for the call. It's great to hear from you. Right now, people of Earth, allow me to welcome a comedy writer and performer who began his TV career writing for the Peabody Award-winning Comedy Central series Mystery Science Theater 3000, where he played the character of TV's Frank, the bumbling yet lovable mad scientist sidekick. This gentleman then went on to be a writer, producer, and actor at the ABC TV series Sabrina the Teenage Witch. He was a writer and producer on The Drew Carey Show. You might remember him from Current TV or even uh, SiriusXM. Please welcome one of the funniest men in the world. It's TV's Frank, Frank Conniff. Hey, hey, hey. Hi, Frank. Happy December. How are you? I'm okay. How are you doing? It's good to see you. It's been a long time. 
It's been a lot. I haven't seen anyone, my, my friend. It's been a very long time. I should mention right now, by the way, this coming Tuesday, the 12th at 8 p.m. EST, you have to, have to, have to give yourself a treat to Frank Conniff and Trace Bilyeu riffing the halls with a live stream special riff of The Creeping Terror, one of the all-time classic Mystery Science Theater 3000 films with special guest, our friend who was on the show last week, Cliff Nesteroff. That's at the Mads are back, right, Frank? Yes, the Mads are back. Uh, you can go to dumb-industries.com. Uh, uh, to get tickets um, for that. And uh, The Creeping Terror, one of the worst films we ever riffed on Mystery Science Theater. And now we're doing <laughs> it all as a special Christmas treat. We're doing an all new, uh, 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 ri- all new jokes, all new riffs. Um, so it's going to be fun. I, ho- I hope people will join us. It's only 10 bucks too. Cheap. Mr. Conniff, you, you, you look terrific. Please tell us, sir, how was your, your fall and how was your Thanksgiving and, and how is your, uh, your, your December treating you so far? Uh, it's treating me fine. I'm still, you know, um, living kind of a life of a hermit, uh, you know. Um, me too. Uh, the, the pandemic is still going and they don't really want you to know that. But it's, the, it's the, you know, there's still danger out there but i do get out and i do stand up shows and stuff sometimes but uh uh i i really am i am like a, a jd salinger who is willing to come on talk shows and 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 i, I and i publish books too unlike jd salinger that's that's year. true that's that's true if, if philip roth was a good chat show guest uh, this yeah. is exactly how it would go you have a new book out you've just self-published yes i do i have a new book called uh, jack and jill furry hill which is um basically um uh nursery rhyme characters in a in a mad max like setting uh very, very exciting nice. action-packed book and uh, and I have another one that I also wrote this past year called Dark Apnea, which is mm-hmm. uh, uh, a, a, a sort of a Batman type story, but even more depressing than the Christopher Nolan Batman movies, if you can believe that. <laughs> and I don't mean I to disparage Chris Nolan because I just I saw Oppenheimer last week and I thought it was sensational. Yeah, wasn't it good? It was really it's a, yeah. a, as, as a comedy. It fails at almost every level. But uh, as a drama, I thought it worked quite well. All the jokes bombed. Thank you. But I, I was uh, I was going to ask what your thoughts were. We're now getting the the, uh, the 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 every critic's list of the ten best films of twenty twenty three, and and they're beginning to, to trickle in. We've already seen uh, Killers of the Flower Moon win New York Film Critics uh, Best Picture, and, oh, and a lot it? of other. I yeah, I didn't know that. I, I saw it just the other night because it just. I, I watch movies in the only way in in the purest cinematic form. The only way they should be watched on tv at home with the ability to pause up and go to the bathroom as many times as there I you want. go there that's but, the only uh, way that scorsese yeah. says this if you if you it's can't watch pure... his movie on a phone watch it on a laptop in your house but uh uh it's a you know unsurprisingly it, it's a really great movie um have yeah. you seen it i have I, I i wanted it to be longer that was my only critique i thought it barely you know got what? started I, I would i would say this about oppenheimer and killers of the flower moon three hours and they flew by as far as i, I agree was. i thought the irishman uh, flew by as well i agree the irishman as well yeah um which i loved and uh this one i was not i read the the killers of the flower moon book and uh so just to, uh, so i had some background on the whole story nice um, and and also, uh, here's a pointless fact that I'll give is that Please. in the Jimmy Stewart movie from the 50s, the FBI story, there is a Killers <laughs> of the Flower Moon segment in it. 
where because if you ever seen that movie, it's a very episodic thing about various things the FBI did through the years. And there's like a 10 minute Osage County uh, segment that has really nothing to do with what really happened. But that's kind wow. of the present for it. I had no idea, but I, I already heard yeah. Donald Trump attack that Jimmy Stewart movie because Robert De Niro was in it. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> anything else? You Have you seen The Holdovers, Mr. Conniff? The Holdovers I saw the other night is so good. Uh, I loved really, it. Loved really it. Really wonderful. Probably the best Alex Payne movie in a long time. Uh, I would since, agree. Um, Sideways, um, also with Paul Giamatti. And uh, um, yeah, it was really lovely and beautiful. And um, uh, I really liked it a lot. And I also, you-, you know, I, I really I really liked Barbie, too. I uh, love Barbie. I, I have to reveal myself as a total Barbenheimer guy. I, I didn't see them both on the same weekend, but uh, I think Barbie's, I think Barbie's got an extremely good chance at winning the screenplay Oscar, the original screenplay Oscar this year. Um, uh, did you, did you happen to see uh, Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse or May, December? I, They're both basically I, the same film, May, Spider-Verse May, and May, December. Uh, May, uh, basically the May, same film. Uh, May, December. <laughs> uh, I did see the other night and uh, really liked it a lot. Uh, you know, there's a lot of discourse online about if it's, if it's camp, um, mm-hmm. Or if it's uh, or and, and people said it was funny. I didn't think it was funny. I, I thought it was a very absorbing melodrama, you know, with great acting in it. I, I, that's uh, how I feel about Todd Haynes movies in general. He's very influenced yeah. by Douglas Sirk. Far From Heaven is both uh, an yeah. overwrought melodrama and and pretty funny if you're in the right mood. So yeah, and Carol, as we've discussed Carol before, that's a great movie. And Carol's uh, the best movie of 2015. Yeah. I just love that. Film. So I, love I uh, and then Across the Spider Verse is just. Uh, takes your breath away. It's so Incredible. great. It's visually stunning, and um, you know those those sp- those animated Spider Verse movies kind of blow away all the Marvel movies. And I and I like yeah. the Marvel movies, but but they are just unbelievable. And anyone who says um, no disrespect to our friend uh, Marty Scorsese, but um, <laughs> you can't you can't watch the Spider Verse movies and say superhero movies are not cinema because it's a superhero movie and it sure is is cinema i completely completely agree i think that i I still think i've seen spider-verse across the spider-verse three times already this year i live with a kid and it's just it's everything you go to a cinema to achieve and the fact that it's a superhero cartoon about parallel universes should make it garbage but it just elevates it beyond anything you know what i'm hearing great things about and it's still in the theaters uh is um godzilla the marbles oh yeah godzilla minus one is getting great reviews yeah, and that one I, I really want to see. The Marvels I haven't seen yet. I'm going to be very happy to watch it when it comes on Disney Plus. Um, I I liked the uh, Miss the Ms. Marvel TV series. I enjoyed that a lot. So I am you know I am kind uh, the Mar- of looking forward to it, but I haven't rushed out to see it. And no one's talked about the fact, like everyone talks about what a flop it is. This was the highest opening weekend gross for any film ever directed by a black woman, and th- that alone is reason to support the Marvels and and, and go see it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you happen to see Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny or they cloned Tyrone or very, past lives? I uh, uh, have to say very disappointed. Um, overall, um, w- w- was really looking forward to seeing it and um, I, I was very underwhelmed. Uh, I think it's in contrast to say um, the latest Mission Impossible movie, uh, mm-hmm. which was great, I thought. Yeah, I saw it. Uh, 
the the uh, Indiana Jones movie, like there's this weight on it, like, oh, it's an Indiana Jones movie. And, and, and they just carry it around in such a heavy way. The <laughs> the iconicness of it. And um, whereas the Mission Impossible movie was like, here's the latest episode of this show, you know, <laughs> I know get into the plot. And uh, and that I thought was really, really good. But the Indiana Jones, I was it had well, some good things in it, but. Um, I'm in the minority because I, I love the Indiana Jones film. I've seen it like three times and I, I loved how uh, I love one of the things I Dial of Destiny loved it. I mean, I've seen it three oh, okay. times. And I love it. Cool. Well, but you know I, what? I love maybe, maybe I'll watch it again now. I mean, it works that. as a it's made me the endings made me cry every time I've watched it. And the I can't say that for hour, any Indiana Jones movie. Go the ahead, last Frank. half hour yes. is bo- is bonkers. The last it's half bonkers. hour is, is, is the this, nuttiest thing. Of all the supernatural Indian. of all the supernatural act three twists in Indiana Jones movies, nothing. Not the Ark of the Covenant, not the thousand year old knight compares to what they do in this movie. Yeah, it is. I did like that that was kind of batshit. That, 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 that <laughs> it was fucking crazy. But 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 I thought that um, like a lot of the stuff leading up to it seemed very um, uh, routine and underwhelming. And of course, you know how much I love uh, Phoebe Waller. Uh, yeah, I loved her in it. Bridges and um, and James Mangold did such a great job with uh, with Logan. You know, he's a yeah. really good director. But maybe it re- maybe it really needed Spielberg. Although I say that with Spielberg having directed uh, Crystal Skull, which was the worst of the whole The worst series. by far. You know what I think yeah. about that movie? And I'll, I'll move off of it now. They should have released it at Christmas time. It's a drama about an 80-year-old man. It's not a summer movie. They should have released it at Thanksgiving yeah, or Christmas. Everybody would have gone with their parents and it would have made more money. Yeah. And that's all Hollywood cares about. But what I loved about the movie was that Harrison Ford is fanatically hateful of Nazis. Like Indy's always hated Nazis, but in this movie he is seething. He is raging, rabidly hateful of Nazis, which brings us to Donald Trump's campaign. Frank, um earlier today on Steve Bannon's podcast, I, I assume you listened, uh Cash I, Patel. You know what? When when I left your show, I became his sidekick. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> <laughs> I want to play you Cash Patel yelling the quiet part out loud regarding yeah. Donald Trump's political enemies from today on the Steve Bannon Jam. We will go out and find the conspirators, not just in government, but in the media. Yes, we're going to come after the people in the media who lied about American citizens, who helped Joe Biden rig presidential elections. We're going to come after you, whether it's criminally or civilly. We'll figure that out. There you go, everyone. They're come. They're coming after Americans. Put them on trains. Mm hmm. Yep. Yep. Uh, I mean, I it's uh, the thing is, though, like I'm hearing so much from mainstream media about the dangers of the second Trump term. Uh, it's going to be authoritarian and a dictatorship. And oh, my God, like I heard Jake Tapper said, it's, uh, you know, it, just being really like concerned. And these are the same people that help. Donald Trump's first term happened, you know. That's right. So I'm a little, I'm a little skeptical. I'm not that I don't think that uh, that a second Trump term will be horrible, 
But so was the first one. I mean, we lost Roe v. Wade. I mean, the, the first one was as bad as you can imagine it. We lost a million Americans because a president couldn't stop lying yeah. to people during a plague. I mean, yeah. we could go all we could talk talk all the time. The worst jobs record since Hoover. I mean, mm-hmm. and people say it's because of COVID. Well, we also had the worst death rate from COVID because we had a president who couldn't stop changing his mind and lying to people yeah. about the basic science and his own policies. Um, you know, Absolutely. are you watching any of these Republican debates, Frank? We I was supposed to do a uh, a, a live heckle with you for one of them at QED, and then I couldn't get the night off of work. Um, they're 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 fun, but they're deeply pointless. Other than showing yeah, us I, what the I, civil war in the Republican Party looks like. Well, I saw the the first one because I I had to because I was doing a show, and we yeah. missed you there. We, we had I'm fun, sorry I didn't make it. You. Yeah, Christian Finnegan filled in for you, did a good job, um, but uh, um, I I mostly don't watch. Um, the debates. I, I, I watched the clips online, you know, afterwards. I think that's that's a better and 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 these Republican they're they're pointless, really. I mean, none of them are going to win the nomination. Um, you know, it's uh, Chris Christie is building up his career as a TV pundit. He's giving himself exposure. A very easy thing for Chris Christie to do to give himself exposure. But, uh, you know, so he's he's on there. And um, and then that um, Vivek guy who's just a nightmare. And and, and the, the media is like building up Nikki. Uh, Aren't they? I was Aren't they? Say Nikki, Nikki Fink or whatever. No, Nikki uh, Haley um, as the strong candidate, like as if she's going to be Trump in in um, in the primaries. Uh, it's just all a big hype thing. It, it's just all it gives gives the media something to talk about. Um, I'm, I'm kind of appalled, but not surprised at CNN. We all thought that was the last debate the other night, but CNN is going to host more in That's January right. in Iowa. So Two of them. Um, next month. Yeah. And, and I, I really. um just I'm not interested uh, in 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 hearing these people. I'm I'm so sick of all of them, and uh, that's one of my problems too. Is I'm so sick of Trump. I don't want to hear yeah. anything he has to say. I don't want to watch him at all. I know that it's important to pay attention to him, um, but I hate paying attention to him because you're right. I, I'm so sick of it. Let, let's go to the phones. Yeah. We have a lot of listeners who want to call in and uh, weigh in on the news of the day and uh, and some to talk to TV's Frank as well. Diane from Sacramento is on line eight. Uh, Frank, you heard about this woman, Miss um, Kate Cox in Texas, who is a mom of two and uh, she has oh. a, a fetus inside of her and there's no way to live. And it, if the if the baby is born, it will die and within days in an agonizing way. And the Republicans are fighting to force her to have to do that because she's so pro-life. Yes, even though she got a court order and, and I, uh, that'll just bring me to a point I'll make quickly that there are so many people in the Republican Party, uh, Attorney General of Texas, Ken Paxton being one of them, who are every bit as horrible as Trump. That's amazing. Amazing. Uh, so if Trump leaves the scene, you know, we're still going to have so much uh, awful people out there. Diane from Sacramento, welcome. Thank you for waiting on hold. You're on Sirius XM. Good evening. Oh. You know what? I love you so much. And um, I've called before and we talked about sexually sexy liberals. But yes. tonight I want to talk about that mom from Texas. I feel Please. for her. I was in her position. I used to live in Wisconsin. 
And when I was living in Wisconsin, I, I was pregnant and I was almost at five months. And um, it was determined for medical reasons that I should not continue the pregnancy. And back then, it was allowed. There was no question. Um, I unfortunately lost my son. I'm so sorry. Um, and, but there was no question about it. And so I feel for her. I have complete compassion for her. And you were but supported I by your also, society. You were supported by your society. Yes. You you didn't then, have to go to court to actually get your doctor's per, get, get, get a judge treatment. to give your doctor get permission exactly. to treat you. Yeah, exactly. But these days, I don't know what their laws are. I I hear it's all crazy. But yeah, who who does Kate Cox vote for? I well, vote the Democrat. Yeah. I don't know. Did she vote for the people that are taking away her rights? I don't that's know. A really good question. I just question. want to say that the the middle aged white uh, woman I, is known for these days as being a, a Republican, a Karen, a whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Know? I mean, frankly, I, I, I mean, I haven't heard who who she votes for. Um, I do know having performed in Texas a lot, and uh, and then I've performed in Wisconsin a lot too. Is that in both of those states, like I meet so many great people, so many people that aren't crazy Republicans. Yep. So, you know, maybe if she was one before, she's probably not one now. But um, I would think, uh, you know, there's so many people in those states that are are liberal and and open minded. And we just don't hear because the the governments in those states are so terrible. Yeah. Here's what I know, Diane, even if even if this happened to me, they think that. It's not yeah. going to happen to me, but then it happens but to you. Even if she did right. vote for Donald Trump the last time, even if she voted for Donald Trump twice, she still deserves access to abortion care when her doctors tell her she needs it. So I, I hope if she okay. voted for Trump, she'll vote differently next time because she's very, very famous. She did not get to have privacy in this matter. And uh, w- however she voted, she's going to be a, a, a hero in this issue in the in the history books. So thank you so much, Diane. It's great to hear from you. Well, and, uh, what about Jill Stein you. popping out of the Green Party out of nowhere? Will Vermin Supreme pop out of the Libertarian Party out of nowhere? <laughs> Vermin Supreme's Frank, at these are every Supreme. year, Vermin Supreme. Yeah, yeah. We used to have Jill Scott, Jill Scott, Jill White. We had Jill on this show a few times in the first couple of years of the show until I realized how deep that grift went and that I'm not here to help Vladimir Putin. There you yeah. go. Yeah, I, I remember you, we had her over the phone. San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much, Diane. It's a pleasure to hear from you. Have a great evening. Go ahead, Frank. What were you saying? No, I, I said I remember when we had her on the show uh, over the phone. Um, but luckily, you know, she kind of a crazy third party candidate luckily we have stable people like rfk jr now so yeah, isn't that great yeah oh yeah boy I, I, i'm waiting for someone to talk to him about the steroids question that's all i want i just want to have someone say what, what as long as we're talking about taking shots what about steroids the only time i really had empathy for rfk was when i heard him say how'd you like it if someone picked apples off of you yeah. <laughs> 